Hey, welcome to another episode of Open Mic. My name is Jared, and I'm here with Logan, D-Chan, and Brooke. And today we're talking about why pray and why fast. We just started as a church, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, prayer can be something that's like kind of difficult, kind of weird. Uh, if you've never done it before, even fasting, uh, it's something that we don't often talk about in church or even how to do it. Um, I was going to share a quick story to start. I was in an event one time when I was in high school and I was like, I think I was, I was helping in some capacity and one of the leaders, like a, an older guy came up and he's like, hey, I just, God, God told me to pray for you. And I was like, man, that's awesome. I, I would love to have that. And he came over to me and he put his his mouth right up next to my ear and it, it like, oh boy, it created like a phobia of my ears being touched. And I was like, from then on, if somebody's going to pray for me, I like put my hood up a little bit. Uh, I don't want <laughs> anybody whisper. That, I don't want anybody that close to me. Uh, but prayer can be weird. It can be uncomfortable. Like if you've never been around, like some people pray awesome. And to be fair, it is kind of weird that that guy prayed in your ear. Oh, a thousand percent. I did not like that. I've never, I've never been okay with that. Um, but prayer can be weird just like when it's not done in an odd way. Um, like if you guys were to say like, what are maybe some barriers that you guys see in your prayer life or like growing into where you are now? What are maybe some barriers that you guys have in like being able to pray? Yeah, I think one of the first things that come to mind uh, about prayer and fasting is it's a barrier to people. It's just the fact that we overcomplicate things. We think that following Christ or the tenets that come with following Christ is spiritual disciplines are all supposed to look a certain way with some old English and, and some sentence structure that is not feasible. I remember when I first uh, came to faith, after one of my biggest fears was praying in front of other people. I remember I would be in a circle and everyone's praying around. I'm like, come to me last, because that whole time while everyone's praying, I'm not actually really praying, I'm writing. I remember writing my prayer down on my iPhone notes so I don't sound funny, so I don't sound dumb. But if we look in Scripture, some of the biggest prayers come in the form of help me. And I think uh, that's one of the biggest barriers. We just need to simplify um, prayer because all of this is conversation with God. So I think that's really good, Chan. And, you know, I, I, I can't remember where it is, and it's somewhere in Romans, but the the scripture talks about Jared just lost his stuff, throwing notes. I got it back. Got it. Uh, talks about that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will actually intercede with for us for gro with groanings too deep for words, and um, that right there is a reminder that like we don't have to have like this magic word or formula in what we're praying. And uh, I think one of the barriers is like you just got to find. Um, I love to, I've learned that I love to walk and pray and to pray out loud. It is hard for me to sit down and to just be still and to pray in that capacity. So I've had to learn that like, that's okay. I also really like writing out my prayers. And I think taking the pressure off of like, man, what works for someone else in their prayer life doesn't have to be exactly what it does for you. And you can switch things up. Yeah, I think like something that I kind of learned as coming to the Lord was prayer journaling, kind of like what Logan had said, but also I can tend to be very distracted. And so prayer journaling is what's helped me, but also dry, or whenever you're driving, praying What type of car. pen do you use, Brooke? Um, okay, so for my prayer journal, it's the point seven. Point seven, like a, a big point seven? No, the G2. Oh. Loyal to my G2. She said G2 like it was not even an option. Bougie. So I, okay, I want to backtrack just a little bit because those barriers are like, man, you see other people pray and you're like, man, that person's an awesome prayer. Like, they just sound good. You can tell there's, like, an intimacy with God. Like, to break it down, what is prayer? Like, in its simplest form, if you were to just say, this is what prayer is, just for somebody that's like, man, I just, I, I know I need to, but I don't know how to start. 
Yeah, I think prayer at its simplest form is just a conversation. In the same way we have conversations with our parents, uh, our friends, our loved ones, it is just some words. And this one's obviously different in the sense of you're speaking to God, but if God is your Lord, your Savior, your Father, it is just, I treat it as, I'm just having a conversation with my dad, my, my heavenly dad. Um, so it is just a conversation at its simplest form. And I think fasting in its simplest form is sacrifice and reliance. Because as we fast, we're giving something up in order to trust and in order to rely on God's provision as a reminder that every breath we take, um, every hunger pang we have for food, well, God is there and he's more than enough to provide you what you need for that day. So we'll get into fasting in just a minute. I think what you said is really good. What are, you guys started to get into like some methods of prayer. Mm. Like Logan, I loved what you said about like you you like to walk and pray. Um, Right before the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for when they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. But I say to you, they have received their award, but award, but reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Like there's this attitude of like, have a space. Mm. That, that could be taking a walk. That could be driving. Um, I think if your drive is really consistent, that's easy to do. For me, sometimes it's like, I got to listen to music. I got to listen to an iPod, like a, a podcast or something. And it's like, that's not a bad thing. But I like... What are, what are maybe some methods that you guys use to, like, keep your prayer life consistent and close to God? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of options that you can look into. I know one that my mentor actually just recently introduced me with is a prayer app called Prayer Notebook. And it kind of um, just allows you to put in different prayer requests that you have, and it can pop up. You can schedule it to where it'll pop up Monday at 3 p.m., and it'll be like, pray for your family or pray for the world or pray for your friends. And so that's something that's kind of helped me be organized also in prayer because, like I said earlier, I can kind of tend to get distracted in praying. And so that's helped me, like, kind of set a reminder of, like, okay, like, I'm having a set time of praying for this if I do forget to pray about it this morning. Um, But also Paul Miller talks about, like, prayer cards in his book, A Praying Life. And that's something that was, like, really helpful for me and kind of, like, jotting down, okay, I'm praying for this person on this day with, like, put, like, a verse on it. And that's been something that's been helpful for me. Yeah, and I do – so I think that when you're doing spiritual disciplines, it's just part of walking with God that you can do them at literally any time of the day. I, I think that, Jared, you've talked about this before, that I think sometimes there's a myth where you got to do your Bible reading first thing when you work up or you're not being a Christian, right? And I think that there is, you know, that's definitely not the way it has to be. But I do think that there is very much power in at least having some sort of conversation with God as you start your day in some form, some capacity, even if it's just like for a brief time. Because I think of this, I would never leave the house without having talked to my wife, Emma. Why would I wake up and start my day without talking to God? And so uh, for me, I want to find that rhythm, no matter what, that I am conversing with God in the morning because that helps set the tone through the day. And something that I'm always trying to get better at, which is challenging, is conversing with God throughout the day while I'm driving. God, thank you for this beautiful weather. While I see my kids, God, thank you that I have the blessing of seeing my daughter learn something new. Like just like small prayers throughout the day even is something that I'm trying to be more cognizant of. But I think that's developing that rhythm where we're constantly looking. I think of Colossians uh, 3, set your mind on things of heaven, not just on things of earth. Well, prayer is a way we do that. Is to set our mind on things of heaven. It reorients our heart. Yeah, and I think uh, for me myself, I think a good thing 
in how I pray through is through just scripture. I mean, I, we look at Second Timothy. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So that means that it should mark my thoughts. It should mark my actions. It should mark my heart, my soul, my mind. And if I'm going to have a conversation with anybody, what starts is from the inside. So as I read through scripture for the day, whether it's a Bible, my Bible plan in a year, or just over trying to memorize some verse, I'm just praying through whatever the context of that scripture is. And maybe it's something that's a law. Like, let's say if I'm in Leviticus, you're like, where do I see that? Well, I see that that points to Christ. I see that God's grace was throughout scripture, and I can pray through his grace. I can pray through um, the love and mercy that's shown. And I think for me, it helps my brain have something to look at. Because if I close my eyes and pray, not that that's wrong or right, it's just for me, I will start getting so distracted. So it's usually with a prayer notebook and with some scripture next to it so I can at least look and concentrate. In the same way I'm focusing on someone, I'm having a conversation, eye to eye contact, I have to look at something when I pray to God. And that's really good because you think about it, look for where people pray in scripture. I know that's like, that's something that for some reason I just never thought of when I was younger. But it's like, if someone's praying in scripture, Look at what they're praying. And honestly, a great place to start if you're new to prayer is go read through the Psalms and look at just the outpouring of the heart. A lot of the Psalms are written by David, uh, and he's just pouring out his heart to God. And I think that just shows the intimacy, the conversation. And you're exactly right. Praying, sometimes I love, if I feel like I'm getting in a rut and I'm very like self-focused in my prayer and it seems like it's all about me, I'll go to the Psalms and I'll just listen to them and pray as I go uh, because that helps me to focus on... On God through my prayer, um, and it, it just is a helpful place. Scripture is a guide for us, and it's truth. Mm. Brooke, you mentioned a prayer journal, and D-Chan, you kind of mentioned like a notebook. Can I get a little, ask a little bit more curiosity, like what are you, what are you writing down? Like is it you just talking to God through the journal? Like what are you writing down in there? Yeah, so for something that I learned over Kaleo was the Acts prayer method, and that's actually something that we just posted on our High Street Church Instagram, too, so go check that out, too. But um, A is for adoration, C is confession, T is thanksgiving, and then S is supplication. And so um, for A, you're like adoration is praising God, and then C is confession, so you're confessing sin. Um, T is thanksgiving, so thanking God for whatever it is that he's done in your life recently, praising him for uh, what he's done. And then supplication is anything like that you would want to pour out to God, anything, like any request you would have for God. That's something that's helped me be structured in my prayer journaling. Um, it doesn't always look like that, but it kind of looks similar to that every single day. Shout out to how smoothly you just included the High Street Church Instagram, too. Come on, go plug. follow. Um, I think for myself, I've done the Acts Prayer Method as well, but the way I've seen myself uh, write my prayers is just kind of like in a communication style, like you said. Um, whatever comes to my mind, whatever I'm asking, because I think there is something beautiful about just letting your hand write, and I think the Spirit guides. So in a couple of years, in a couple of months, a couple of weeks, you can look back, you're like, I didn't even think I had that thought. I've looked through my prayer journals in the past, I'm like, I don't know what I was writing. I didn't even know how I got to that conclusion, but I was able to see, like, oh, this is cool. Like, I felt like God was just hearing me out. It's like hearing me lament or cry or rejoice. Uh, I think it's so beautiful in the to degree in that unstructured chaos of my own writing because we all are different in that. And I, I think of this, like if you're in a rut, change it up. 
If you're if yeah, you're going agreed. through like a rut, change it up. That that's something that helps me so much. Some seasons I'm journaling. Some seasons I'm praying and walking outside. Sometimes uh, I'm praying out loud. I mean, I try and make it a regular habit of praying with uh, Emma, my wife, on the regular. Like I'm, I it's okay to switch it up and to to look at something uh, new. And I think in terms of somewhere where I'm really trying to grow spiritually and also. As a church, I think it's a focus for us. It's a focus in our young adult community right now is praying like now when people have needs. Like I did not necessarily grow up in a setting where it was like, you got a need, pray for it, boom. Or pray for someone like right as they say something. But I'm trying to be better in terms of when one of my friends or someone I interact with at church or whatever, I'm out and about. If someone has a need, I want to pray for it. Uh, right then and and do it. And one of the coolest moments I've had of that was when we had our son August back in April. One of our nurses, she was a believer, we got to talk in, and they had been struggling to have a child within her marriage. And so um, I just had this sense that the Holy Spirit was prompting me, that he was, the Holy Spirit, he was prompting me to pray right in that moment that they would be able to have a child. And I did that. And I watched as this nurse like got tears in her eyes. And it, it took all of us in that room from just being in a, a regular like day, a kid, that's her job, to like we were seeking God in heaven together. And that was a reminder to me, God is teaching me I need to do that more often. Yeah, I think with the whole concept of praying now, like what we're trying to do uh, with young adults is Whenever you actually pray in that moment for that person or for that request, it changes the whole narrative of the other person's view on who Christ is. I think like sometimes we live in such a Christian-dominated culture. It becomes like a Christian uh, nationalism to the degree of like, oh, I was raised Christian traditionally, so I obviously I'm going to pray for you. But we say that, and sometimes the real- reality is we don't pray for them. But if you do it right now and then, you're like, oh, like, it changes the narrative, like, they're for real. Like, I am here, I love Jesus, and because I love Christ and I know the power of his changing grace, you're applying it to your life. And I think that's so cool. I think that is something that, like you said, it becomes from just a normal conversation into something where two or three are gathered and Christ starts showing up in that hardship. So Jared, what's your what's your rhythm? You've heard us kind of talk. I feel like what you said about uh, if you're in a rut, change it up. I feel like if there's a season of, like, if I don't want to do it, it's probably what I need to do. Like, I'm not uh, I'm not an everyday journaler, but I'm like, if there's something I'm really wrestling through, it's in my journal. And it's crazy to go through because it's mostly, like, the low lows are in my journal. So it's crazy to go through and be like, man, that was, that was a time. But it's cool to see how God, like, used that as a reference point of, like, where God has shown up. If, if these are all my low lows, God has brought me through every single one of them. To at least I'm alive today. I'm here. God provided. I, I have what I need. Um, but I, what, what you said about the Acts method is good. I, I just love, like, when, when I'm showing up to pray, if I'm showing up with an attitude that's just like, well, I'm doing this because I need something, I'm showing up with, like, I'm not saying, Father who has in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, I'm showing up being like, God, this is messed up and it needs fixing. And to think about, like, I've been, I've been thinking about this lately of, like, we have this attitude towards prayer of, like, God tells us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to do it consistently. So it's this attitude of, like, every breath I'm just in a conversation with God. But at the same time, it says to, like, go away in a closet, to be one-on-one with God. Like, you're both getting access to your Father, but you also have 
this relationship with this person who's like the king of kings. And it's this relationship of like you have intimacy and familiarity, but you also have reverence and honor. So like when I catch myself being like, God, this is messed up, or this is what I need, or budget's not where it's supposed to be, or relationally things, it's like I need to step back and be like, God, you're good, and you've got it, and you're powerful. And I'm asking you to provide, because you've provided before, you'll provide again. And I need to remind myself of how good he is to remember like, okay, this is who I'm talking to. So it changes the way that I pray from like, God, I don't see how it can be good to like, I'm just trusting that you have a plan because I don't understand it. And that's where we as children have to go to our father, trusting that he has good for us, asking him, but asking him, asking him in the right way and not just for the thing that we need from him. I, I want to tell a story if I can real quick of just specifically related to prayers I've prayed for young adults. And when I still, this is back, I still lived at home with my parents, all right? So this has been a while. I remember reading a book, and it was challenging uh, uh, me to pray big prayers. And I typed out Times New Roman font on a Microsoft Word document, a bullet list of prayers for our community, for young adults. And I remember I put on there, God, I want to see 100 people attend an event one time. And that was like mind-blowing at that time. And we had, I think at that point, only one small group. I think our ministry basically was a small group. I said, God, what if there's a day where we could see 10 small groups? And that took years to be an answered prayer. And now I look, how many semesters in a row have we had where we're pushing groups? You know, we have way more than 10 groups. We have people engaging in this community on a regular basis above that number. And not that those numbers are important, right? That doesn't mean success. But those were answered prayers because I wanted to see God carve out a space for young adults. And that prayer was not answered immediately. In fact, this shows you how little faith I am, is that I even stopped praying those prayers before they were answered. And now I get to sit and I don't always reflect on it, but every day I live where God has answered those prayers. And it's just a reminder of like, God will still be faithful to our prayers, even sometimes when we don't have the faith to keep praying it. And that's how good he is. So I'll switch gears just a little bit because I do feel like prayer is something we at least kind of understand. The other side of that is fasting, which we, we read about it in the Bible there's not always like a super clear how-to. DJ, and you said something a minute ago. Will you kind of repeat what is fasting or what, what, how would you describe fasting to someone? Yeah, I think fasting is just a, both a sacrifice and a reliance. So you're sacrificing something in order to rely on God more, um, whether that's sweets, whether that's social media. I think there are good things in this world that we can fast from because sometimes those good things become God things. I think Tim Keller talks about that a lot in uh, his book, Reasons for God. We do a lot of things that are good, but they can definitely become God, whether we know it or not. And, and fasting is kind of a sign of, I think, humility. Uh, it brings up the most humility of, like, I'm willing to sacrifice something to trust that God's provide, that I will have not too much, not too little, but just enough for that day. So for this next 21 days for us as a church, it's like we're trusting that God's going to provide just enough for what we need. And I think that's just at its core what fasting is. You guys have anything else to add to that? What would you guys say, I mean, Logan, Brooke, you, like what, what would you guys say when you have fasted, even Deechin, um, what's the experience like? Even the first time, because the first time you're like, I know it's a spiritual thing to do. I don't know what I, I'm supposed to be getting out of it or what it's supposed to do for me or for my relationship with God. Like 
how do you fast? Like, what's the practical piece of how do you fast and what does it do? Why don't you tackle this one, Brooke? Yeah, I think, like, for something that at least they've kind of taught us, at least recently, uh, just within the church is kind of um, – Whenever you are fasting, it's like you're acknowledging kind of like what D-Chan was saying is like, okay, for me, it's like if it's soda or if it's coffee or if it's candy, it's like those are all worldly things. And I think whenever you are fasting, it's like recognizing, okay, I'm going to give up this like worldly thing so that I can focus more on God, so that I can put more of my attention on God. And whenever I am like missing coffee in the morning or if I am like wanting a soda, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to God and pray for this right now. Um, because I'm supposed to be drawing closer to him during this time and like praying for the things that um, like our church kind of gave like a prayer card of like things we can pray through during the day and it's supposed to draw your attention closer to God. Yeah I think one of the hardest times I've ever fasted was whenever I was teaching I so looked forward to lunch every day because if any shout out to any teachers out there you know that's just your time to decompress it's social time with adults in the education setting and uh when I was like teaching elementary P, I'm on the move and I'm hungry by lunchtime. And so when I gave that up, I was amazed that like from the start of that day, I would be like, man, I'm so hungry. Like I could have went a normal day. And if I didn't know I was fasting, I probably wouldn't even have thought about it. Um, but I was just thinking about it all the time. And then thinking through, man, I gave this up. All right, God, let me pursue you instead. I gave this up. God, as I drink this water, remind me that even though I'm hungry, that you're still good. And it, it's just this interesting thing that God gives us, this discipline that is so like out of the ordinary that forces us, it's kind of this kinesthetic act that we can engage in that forces us to set and orient our mind on on God. And it's not always like, <laughs> man, I love fasting. Let me let me do it all the time. It, it is a hard thing, but I think developing a rhythm with that is important. What are some times that you would suggest besides our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're doing together as a church, what are some times that you would tell someone you should fast? I think, like, uh, for me, one thing whenever I was considering doing the residency was my mentor had recommended that I had fasted because it was, this is, like, a really big decision. This is something that you should pray through. And so I took time to, like, pray through um, just with fasting of, God, if this is something that you want me to do, like, I'm fasting from X, Y, Z, I pray that you would just show me, like, if this is something that you want for me to do. Help me have these conversations with my family. Help me have these conversations with my friends. And that was just kind of um, the way fasting kind of helped me through making a decision like that. And you see that in the Bible, too. Um, when they are making decisions, they're going through fasting and doing those disciplines. Is it, ne- is it Nehemiah who gave up? Was that what you were going to say? Oh, I thought we were on the same wavelength for a minute. That would have been awesome. Is it Nehemiah who gave up, uh, he was fasting before he went to uh, the king uh, to ask for. I can't remember. That sounds he, right. He though. was going for a, he was going, he had a, a huge ask that he was making of King Xerxes, I think is who it was. Spell check me on that, Jared. Uh, but he, before he was going to have a big request, he is fasting before God. I think just recognizing before he has this idea to go and um, build this wall in Jerusalem, rebuild this wall, he's fasting. Jared's fact checked me. G- give it yeah. to us, Jared. Nehemiah 1.4, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept. This was at the state of the walls of Jerusalem and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the throne of heaven. Yeah, so I think that shows before uh, Nehemiah had this brokenness, he had a vision to do something about it, and he fasted in response to his mourning and fasted, uh, you know, when he was about to do something for God. Yeah, I think another thing about fasting is it kind of gives you a reset. 
Like, I think there's spiritual implications, but there's also health implications. If we look into science, like, there are people who say if you do a 72-hour fast or a 24-hour fast, it resets your system, um, whatever that looks like. But then also, I think a good time to fast would be maybe in the season where you're just so busy. I, I, I think we during the summer when I spent uh, nine weeks at Kaleo with a bunch of college students, it was always on the go. But once a week, we would fast for 24 hours, and that would slow everything down. Because something is off your regular scheduled programming, and you're like, huh. It makes you really think. It makes you really sit and stop and just praise God. And I think a full reset sometimes for us is really good. So. It, we, you said something there with the Kaleo deal. It's like you were doing it with people. And we hammer all the time here, you need community. But it's a lot easier to fast when other people are doing it with you. That's why I love this 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, because I know that y'all are doing it, and I'm in it with you. Um, And I think we have a responsibility. Uh, I've thought of this even in terms of, for some of you for down the road thinking is, I'm trying to teach my kids how to do that. My daughter is five, my son is three, and then uh, obviously we have a baby, August, he's not fasting from anything, Uh, but we're teaching them to fast, like we're not watching television at home at night right now, and that had become something where it's like, I'm teaching my kids, how do you explain a fast? Well, kind of circling back to what we talked about, I told my kids, we're giving something up to focus more fully on God, and it's just really cool to see that work, but we have a responsibility um, as believers to teach those disciplines to others, and I'm really thankful for our church doing this because it helps me to do that with even my own family. So quick method, if somebody's like, man, I'd love to fast, where do I start? What's What, what would be your, you know, just to jump in, how do you get started in fasting? I think you just take something from your daily routine that you're like, maybe this is something I can cut out and replace with just more intentional time with God. Um, whether it's your screen time on your phone or the first meal of the day, whatever it is, dedicate that thing to time with God, to intentionality with God. Yeah, it's not just giving something up for the sake of giving yeah, something yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I think if you're struggling with knowing what to fast from, I think seeking the Lord in that, like, God, what is it that you would want me to take out of my, That's like, good. daily hab- habitual routine? Um, I think God can definitely highlight something for you of, like, okay, you're relying on this instead of me. Or, um, so, yeah, I would just definitely say go to the Lord and see what it is that he would want you to take out of your yeah. I remember the first time I fasted, someone told me to remind yourself every time you go to reach for the app or reach for the food, uh, remind yourself, I need God more than I need this thing. And every time that hunger pain comes through, you're going, God, I need you more than this. Because ultimately you know that, but you have to remind yourself how much you need God. And that's what ultimately fasting and communicating with God through prayer does. So, hey, we want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Open Mic. We hope you check out another one.